It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. So how did these domestic terrorists storm the nation's capital? The capital ransacked by MAGA terrorists. The assault perpetrated by the MAGA terrorists. The terrorists. The MAGA terrorists. MAGA terrorists. A deadly attack by MAGA terrorists. The MAGA terrorist mob. A terrorist attack on the U.S. Capitol. Far-right domestic terrorism, a huge problem in this country. Nobody supports terrorist attacks, or I used to think that anyway, but nobody rational supports their terrorist attacks. Should there be repercussions for your colleagues who played a role in inciting this terrorist attack? You can't have presidents of the United States inciting terrorist attacks yeah. on the Capitol. Incited a terrorist mob. Incited the terrorist attack. And the terrorists that he has emboldened but after the terrorist attack on the capitol that deadly terrorist attack the deadly riot the terrorist attack the deadly terrorist attack that's, and that's not even including the terrorist attack new clues that the january 6th capitol attack may just be the beginning of more right-wing extremist MAGA terrorist attacks in america so that's just jake tapper that's just jake tapper sandy reels with you cnn's jake tapper uh, repeating this because uh, that's how lies, you know, that's how misinformation, disinformation, they're calling it misinformation, disinformation, when it is stuff about the election uh, and the uh, the fraud that occurred during the election. That's anything about that is, uh, you know, taboo. You don't dare say that. Also, was it yesterday we found out that you can no longer say China virus? That's banned too. But um, so that's why the, they know the power of words. So Jake Tapper is repeating that uh, Trump supporters, well, the ones that went into the Capitol that day, they're terrorists. And by association, anyone who was with that group of Trump supporters, I mean, in general, supporting in any way are also then, well, at least supporting terrorism. So Jake's serious about this. He's uh, saying that Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley played a role in the Capitol riots and they should be co-defendants at Trump's trial. Now, I want to wrench in one more thing just to emphasize because I want to make sure you remember this. President Trump was still speaking when that incursion at the White House began. He did not incite people to go over there and riot at the Capitol. The The incursion in the, in the Capitol had started before President Trump even finished his speech. Okay, so... By 30 minutes. So it's just not true in a court of law. Would Well, you know, if you had a judge that really wanted to hear the truth, it would never stand. Uh, and besides, let me just say that uh, the impeachment of Donald Trump is kind of crumbling uh, because of the uh, 45 Republican senators who sided with Rand Paul's assertion that it was unconstitutional. Because you know what? The Constitution just so inconveniently does not provide for impeaching someone who's no longer president, just very inconvenient. I don't know why they didn't think of, you know, being able to impeach in perpetuity all presidents that had served. 
That's tongue-in-cheek, of course. I hope you know that. All right, so they have another way. They've just figured out another way. And this is supposed to be a scoop, but by now it's probably not much of a scoop by Politico yesterday. Uh, Susan Collins uh, and Tim Kaine. Susan is the Republican from Maine, the Republican from Maine who talks like that, and uh, Tim Kaine from Virginia. They have decided the solution is a censure vote. They want to censure President Trump in the Senate. And uh, the, the, good, the good thing for them is that that's going to be really tough for Republicans because those 45 Republicans uh, voted that it was unconstitutional to impeach, but it's going to be a little harder for them to not censure. Uh, Mitch McConnell might jump right on a censure, you think? I think he would. I think he might. Uh, plus the others. This would be their chance. And so they want to do damage to President Trump in that way. And, of course, Jake Tapper once. <clears throat> uh, Josh Hawley, who waved at the people on that day who were there for the Trump rally, and uh, Ted Cruz, who also you know has affiliations with those people. I know Ted Cruz. That, that must make him very guilty of something, I'm sure. So now it's getting really serious. I mean, it's really getting serious because the Department of Homeland Security has issued a decree. I'll read a little bit of it to you. The Acting Secretary of Homeland Security has issued a National Terrorism Advisory System bulletin due to a heightened threat environment across the United States, which DHS believes will persist in the weeks following the successful presidential inauguration. Information suggests that some ideologically motivated violent extremists with objections to the exercise of governmental authority and the presidential transition, as well as other perceived grievances fueled by false narratives, could continue to mobilize to incite or commit violence. And so yesterday, this is what happened. Let's listen to Tucker Carlson tell the story. Well, it looks like this is the part of the revolution where they start throwing their political opponents in jail. Wow, that was fast. It was just a week ago they were telling us about unity. Remember that? What we didn't know at the time is they meant that everyone with power should unite against the rest of the country. Unity meant oligarchy. Oh. Doug Mackey learned that the hard way this morning. Mackey is a 31-year-old conservative journalist from Florida. At 7 a.m., FBI agents showed up at Mackey's house. They threw him in handcuffs and they dragged him to a cell. He now faces 10 years in prison. His crime? He made fun of powerful Democrats on social media. As the federal criminal complaint puts it, quote, Mackey made coordinated use of social media to spread disinformation relevant to the impending 2016 presidential election. This disinformation, the Biden administration solemnly explained, quote, often took the form of memes. Yes, memes. Online mockery. Mockery online is now illegal when it's aimed at the wrong people. Doug Mackey hurt their feelings, so they put him in jail. According to Joe Biden's Justice Department, Doug Mackey violated 18 U.S. Code Section 241. He did this by tricking people, like the dastardly trickster that he is, into not voting in the presidential election. What's interesting is that prosecutors showed no evidence whatsoever that Doug Mackey actually tricked anyone into anything, voting or not, not a single person. But that doesn't matter, shrieks CNN. Doug Mackey is a bad person with bad views. And by the way, we have no idea what Doug Mackey's views are. We don't care. What CNN is telling us is that those views are a crime. He's a criminal. Lock him up. Give him a longer sentence than we give to rapists, which they're trying to do. As of tonight, that is the official position of the Lynch Mob channel. 
Yes, and that's the first part of what Tucker had to say. I, I just thought he said it better than I could say it. Douglas Mackey, uh, Ricky Vaughn, 31, West Palm Beach, and his crime is memes and tweets against President, in favor of President Trump and against uh, Joe Biden. Probably talks about election. I don't know what his tweets are about, but he had quite a following. He had like 58,000 followers, and he must be stopped. Uh, he, and they say that he has, he's the 107th most important influencer of the, of the then upcoming election, ranking his account above outlets and individuals such as NBC News, Stephen Colbert, and Newt Gingrich. So he, you know, he had to be stopped. In fact, um, the Seth Ducharme, who was the acting U.S. attorney for the Eastern District of New York. Now, what New York is doing, filing a suit and having uh, this young man arrested through the FBI is beyond me. But this is what he said. With Mackey's arrest, we serve notice that those who would subvert the democratic process in this manner cannot rely on the cloak of Internet anonymity to evade responsibility for their crimes. They will be investigated, caught, and prosecuted to the full extent of the law. So that's what happened uh, just, what, in the last 24 hours, arrested in his home by the FBI, 7 o'clock in the morning. Meanwhile, this is another person who is a pro-Trumper, who is the leader of uh, Proud Boys. His name is Enrique Tarrio. Now, you may remember that Enrique was arrested as he landed, uh, I think as he was in the airport in Washington, D.C., when he was going there uh, on uh, January 7th to be part of that demonstration. Now, Proud Boys is kind of a mystery organization to me. To be honest, I'm not an expert on this, but my understanding is uh, they found they were founded in 2016, and they were really responding against political correctness, uh, against all the, uh, the slander against white males, although uh, lots of Proud Boys are different colors, and Enrique himself is black. Uh, so it really doesn't have to do with being have a race preference. It's just that what is this with uh, this distortion? And also of men becoming like like women. That's been one of their things. They want men uh, to be men, and that's why they call themselves Proud Boys. So they have become more and more prominent. They've taken on Antiva. They've taken on Black Lives Matter. In fact, Enrique was, um, uh, he, he burned a Black Lives Matter uh, banner, and that's why he was arrested. Because, you know, can't, you can burn a flag, but you can't burn a Black Lives Matter banner. But now here's what I want to tell you about Enrique. Uh, he is, um, you know, I think he's being still held as far as I know. But he's still, you know, his charges are uh, being, whatever the process is. I don't know if he's in court yet now. I don't think so. Yes, he is. He's in court now. Uh, so here's the, here's the bottom line, though. Now uh, the headline is Proud Boys leader Enrique Tario was an FBI informant. Now, an FBI agent on the uh, stand told them that Enrique had been helping former, uh, uh, he was an informer for federal and local law enforcement. Uh, he helped uh, cases, he helped prosecute more than a dozen people, a dozen cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling. All right, now, the point I want to make here is this. Well, that sounds like it would be a good thing for him, right? that that would make them think, well, maybe Enrique Tario is a good guy because he's been helping police and FBI. But I'm telling you right now, I think the reason they did that is because they know that his life will be in danger now. Can you imagine him going back now to uh, into Miami and uh, the people that sort of put two and two together and realize uh, that he was an informant 
and that they went to jail. Do you realize, do you have any idea what he's going to face? I think that's the reason they did that. That's my speculation, but it's probably a pretty good one. Um, all right, so I want to then go to a different story. I talked to you a little bit yesterday about public schools. Um, we talked about how the Chicago public school uh, teachers were ordered back to work, and they refused. And then suddenly the Chicago public school system came around and said, you know, I underst- we understand. So did Joe Biden. I understand. Uh, I understand. They don't feel safe, and we, you know, we teachers have to be safe. So, um, so uh, I wanted to make a longer point here, if I could, but let hold a break just for a second, you guys. I um, so uh, let me just say that parents are getting really unhappy with schools and the fact that teachers won't teach. I, I would think taxpayers might be a, little, be a little upset by that too. In fact, in Florida, just a companion story. Florida school teachers reportedly were caught partying, traveling while remotely, quote, working. And when confronted, they complained that the district was spying on them. That's a story out of the South Florida Sun Sentinel. Now, I'm sure not all teachers are out partying and traveling, but uh, I think a lot of them would love to be back in the classroom. And also, it's nonsense to think that there's great danger. Children uh, hardly ever, ever, ever catch COVID, nor do they transmit it. They're, this science just doesn't show that. And teachers at the age that they are are not a vulnerable population. But yet, uh, you know, they the, a lot of them have been the ones that have been out on the streets protesting and working for the election of Joe Biden. But now they're still home, and children are still home. Uh, and uh, we have incidences of uh, suicide. I read that st- statistic to you yesterday. It's just heartrending. Okay, so parents are fed up, and one guy in Virginia went to a school board meeting, and uh, he's just a guy, just a guy, sitting in front of that board. And before you listen to this, let me just tell you, I've been there many, many times. I have seen over the last, since my son was in school, how school boards have morphed into some elitist, snobbish, controlling. You talk about um, what we're seeing in Washington, D.C. right now. This is where school boards have been for a very long time. So here's this guy presenting himself before the board. You know, they're sitting up on that rounded platform with their little microphones. Uh, And here is what he had to say. Let's listen. You should all be fired from your day jobs because if your employers knew that you were more inefficient than than the DMV, you would be replaced in a heartbeat. I literally just finished a conference call because I'm having to multitask to be here to, to address you guys. You're a bunch of cowards hiding behind our children as an excuse for keeping schools closed. You think you're some sort of martyrs because of the decisions you're making when the statistics do not lie that the vast majority of the population is not at risk from this virus. The garbage workers who pick up my freaking trash risk their lives every day more than anyone in this school system. Figure it out or get off the podium because you know what? There are people like me and a line of other people out there who will gladly take your seat and figure it out. It's not a high bar. Raise the freaking bar. I'm going to give staff an opportunity to make sure that um, the podium and microphone have been... Please wipe it down ahead of time, please, because we don't want anything to affect us. Sir, your time is finished. Can you please leave the boardroom? It's okay. Don't worry. Thank you. I'll be back next time. In the next time, to open the freaking school! Can I ask the deputy to please make sure the gentleman had leaves the boardroom? Come on, I'll walk out with you. There's another one out there. All right, let's walk. 
Can the people in line in the hallway hear me? The school board welcomes the public comment. It is very important to remember the decorum of this room when you come in. We understand emotions are high, but we ask that you respect the time and when your time is up to please yield the floor to the next speaker. Thank you. Oh, okay, so you guys can roll the music now. I, here's the thing. Uh, this has been happening, as I said to you, for decades in public schools. Um, there is just no choice anymore. Uh, it has been that way for a long time. I, I experienced that again when my son was in grade school, and they had uh, introduced a reading curriculum that had uh, satanic and witchcraft and all kinds of stuff in it. And we were, this was in Wheaton, Illinois, which was at the time sort of the center of evangelicalism. It was Wheaton College, and there were so many Christian missionaries. There's just a lot of people there, and they were highly educated parents, doctors, and lawyers, and professors who came to that school board in droves in meetings and said, you can't do this, and guess what happened? They ignored us, and they told the kids that if they didn't want to hear those stories, they'd have to sit out in the hall. Uh, that was a sound defeat, and my first experience with this kind of creeping totalitarianism. We'll be back right after this Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. to the ultrasound and I saw this little lima bean looking thing with a halo which I thought was incredible. A baby wasn't really in the plan for this young mom. After seeing a halo on her baby on ultrasound at a preborn center, she was still leaning towards abortion. And I got to hear the heartbeat and I got chills. In that moment I just felt God's arms come around me and hug me and tell me that it was going to be okay. Preborn centers are the largest providers of free ultrasounds in the country as they equip centers to save more babies and souls. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. I had a choice to become a mom and hear those little footsteps running down the hallway every morning is all because I had an ultrasound. It saved my life and hers. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today we pray for Val Oxford, Director of the Defense Threat Reduction Agency, which is the official combat support agency for countering weapons of mass destruction. Psalm 138.7 reminds us of the Lord's protection. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand delivers me. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Vail Oxford in his work at the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is the service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. Pray with us as we lift up each state's freshman senators and representatives as part of our 2021 Bold Initiative. Learn more at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Feeling stuck? At Liberty University, we know you've waited long enough to move forward. So we're making sure the resilient career you want is closer than you think. 
Choose from more than 450 degrees, 100% online, for one of the lowest tuition rates in the nation. We've kept it the same for five years and counting, and we'll give you college credit for your life experience so you can save time and money. Stop feeling stuck and start moving toward the future you want with a school you can trust. Learn more by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Democrats want to punish Senators Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz. They say both men are responsible for inciting violence at the Capitol building. Now, there's no evidence to back up their accusations, but that does not seem to matter. There is, however, plenty of evidence to prove Democrats have been inciting violence against conservatives. Exhibit A, California Congresswoman Maxine Waters. She told a crowd of her followers to absolutely harass Trump supporters in grocery stores and restaurants and gas stations. What happened on January 6th is a black mark in our nation's history. We still don't know exactly what happened or who was ultimately behind the attack, but we do know there were some conservatives in the mob. No matter their intent, it hurt President Trump and it hurt the conservative movement. We cannot and we must not adapt the tactics of the left. We're better than that. Be sure to download my free podcast at toddstarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Madam President, today is Tuesday and time for the flag salute. Mr. DeLeon, can you please um, lead us in the Pledge of Allegiance this morning? Thank you very much, uh, Madam President. It be an honor. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Undervisible. Uh, pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. For which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, that you you can laugh. You, it's all right to laugh. It's uh, funny and pathetic at the same time. That was L.A. City Council member Kevin DeLeon. Uh, who could not remember uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. People were trying to help him, but they didn't They didn't know it either, so they gave him the wrong phrases. But that's really where we are, isn't it? Uh, we have a—it's like a—what is that scripture that says, a, a whole generation that knew not God? Uh, this is not God. I know that. But I'm just—the the, principle's the same. A whole generation who doesn't have a clue about our foundings, about what things mean. And so no wonder— uh, we, we've been untethered from our roots, and no wonder we're struggling so much. I have a, a lot of uh, email to share uh, from you, just a little bit anyway, uh, but I would like to open the phone lines. Really, you can we can talk about anything that I've mentioned this morning, or if you've seen something else that you want to talk about, or just things that you're seeing where you are, just uh, whatever, whatever it is you want to share. Our phone number is 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. You know what? Just a, this is a silly thing. I'm going to now waste your time for about two minutes. This this is really funny. I, I don't usually tell you about things that are going on here, but this is what happened this morning. I got up particularly early. I always get up early, but earlier, and uh, was going to get ahead of everything. I printed out, I always print out massive amounts for you and read because I want to be prepared and I want to know what I'm talking about. So I did that, and then when I started to read them, I realized because I always use both sides of my paper to save, you know, save, not just use one side. I use both sides and I have a system to do that, like different stacks 
for some reason it got mixed up and everything I printed out, I couldn't read because it was printed over print. So I had to reprint everything again and um, just barely made it in time for the show. So oh, then when I did reprint it, there's more. But wait, but wait, there's more. So when I printed it out the second time and it's, you know, the printer's like, so when I picked it up out of the printer, the ink cartridge is running low. So there's these big white spots, you know, you know how that is, uh, where I need to read. So that was my morning. And I thought I'd share that personal thing with you. All right. Our phone number is 888-589-8840. This is from Glenn uh, in in, uh, Lexington, Kentucky. He uh, He says he loves the show. Uh, I listen to it. It's my routine in the morning. It's very kind, Glenn. He said, I've also been following AFA and AFR on Gab and enjoying that. You admonished us to do something. There is no rational expectation if we unconditionally reward Facebook with our business while they exercise dangerous rank censorship of opinions they don't like that like that anything. Uh, it's not rational to think that anything will improve. Why not switch from posting on Facebook to Gab? Well, Glenn, you're the not the first person who's not that specific suggestion, but uh, challenged me on why we haven't, you know, uh, made a change. And my, I just want to answer again because <laughs> uh, because it's kind of a. I, I, let me just say to all of you, I am uh, because of my because I'm trying to do a lot of different things, and I don't have administrative help. It, and I'm not um, I'm not a social media. Uh, I don't, I, I'm on Twitter and I tweet, but I don't get into that. I just, I'm not, I don't understand social media or use it uh, enough to really like, oh, I'll just flip over here and do this. It takes time on my part. And uh, I'm planning to do that. I'm planning to, uh, I'm, there's a lot of discussions with people I'm with about how we're going to to do uh, stuff differently. And I appreciate the suggestion of Gab. I've heard about it, but I haven't used it. So uh we're also uh, looking for other, I'm looking for other email uh, outlets, and I would just say to a lot of you, Signal is one that seems to be uh, leading the charge here on safety. Uh, it's, uh, the, the server is, I believe, in Switzerland, and uh, it's encrypted, and it's, uh, it, it, it's uh, deleted, you know, within due course, like it doesn't stay on your server. So there are lots of different things that I'm considering doing, uh, but I just haven't done it yet. Glenn. So have patience with me. I don't mind you bugging me because I deserve to be bugged on that. We need to do that. We're going to get off Facebook. I'm going to try to uh, actually change a lot of the ways I do things. Just just give me a little time here. All right. So um, this is uh, from Mike. And he, he yesterday we talked to Myrony Bell about um, the horrible energy regulations that Joe Biden has just dictated under his, you know, energy czar, <laughs> John Kerry. Mr. Hines, catch-up fortune. Oh, did you see him yesterday? He was uh, asked in a press conference if, um, you know, all these people are now losing their jobs, whether it's the Keystone Pipeline. And so, so uh, there are other ways. All these orders are causing people 5,000 jobs from some other industry that I can't recall right offhand. I'll remember. Um, I'm not sure. There's just a lot of different ones. But let me just say a lot of people are losing their jobs and a lot of people have been, you know, we're hoping to go back to work because of COVID, all of this. So people are really suffering. Uh, and John Kerry's response was, well, they, they just chose, you know, pretty, pretty much they chose the wrong job, these oil and gas industry people. 
Uh, you know, solar and green energy, I mean, they could learn that. They could do these wind power plants and uh, they could do uh, solar panels and all that. That's what they need to do. And the only reason they didn't do that is because of the uh, propaganda and disinformation of uh, the last administration. So, But, of course, John, who impeccably dressed John Kerry with his collar standing up, Mr. Vietnam protester who compared our troops uh, to uh, Pol Pot, you probably don't remember that because it was a long time ago. Just horrific, the things he said about America's troops after he'd spent just a few months in Vietnam. I can tell you that when I was in Chicago, Vietnam veterans went apoplectic. They hated John Kerry uh, for his uh, disgraceful lies about what was happening in the military. So he's always been a leftist. Uh, I would say, I wonder, you know, if the little C is there somewhere in his life, probably is. But the reason John has such starch shirts and perfect hair and, uh, you know, has so much money is because he married Teresa Hines, the Hines ketchup heiress. So, you know, he didn't have to work in the oil and gas fields or, you know, in any other industry to work his way up by his uh, by deserving, you know, all the things he did. No, 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 he just married Teresa. And that reminds me of this. Um, the... Keystone Pipeline, uh, the uh, the sudden cessation of building it, you know, so much of our, as Myron told us yesterday, so much of our, it's a cheaper way of transporting oil. I think it's like a quarter the cost, 25% the cost, that's my recollection, a recollection of moving it down by train into this country from uh, the oil fields in Canada uh, down to refineries in the Gulf Coast. But uh, people now have discovered that there might be another reason why the Keystone Pipeline has been suddenly stopped. And that might be because Warren Buffett, who loved Obama and loves John uh, Joe Biden and loves the left, Mr. Billionaire Warren Buffett, is the one who controls and owns the trains that carry that oil. And that would be that would be hard on him if the Keystone Pipeline were installed. So that might just might you know, be the reason why the pipeline was immediately shut down. Um, let's see. Uh, just uh, This was just a practical question. This is from... Uh, this is from... Oh, Jalita. She says, um, she's asking me a question that others have asked, but I want to repeat it because I think you should know. She says, uh, this question nobody seems to have an answer to. Did Vice President Pence have the right to send the electoral, uh, well, she says send the votes back to President Trump, but the issue was uh, whether he could refuse uh, to accept electoral votes sent by the states and ask for, you know, just 10 days for that commission uh, to in- investigate the ele- allegations of voter fraud in those uh, in six different states. And so my answer to you, Jalita, is this. There is nothing clear in law or the Constitution, about whether he could or could not. It doesn't say he can't. It doesn't say he can. So I think what people in the know are angry about, and I'm one of them, is that he just chose to be cautious. He was afraid he would be, it would be hard for him. He'd be unpopular. He would be criticized. He would be, you fill in the blank, if he did that. And so he chose not to. And that, to me, is the issue. It isn't that he did something uh, constitutionally upright. No, he just made a choice. I, I de- I'm deciding that, you know, I can't do it. But there's nothing in law that says he couldn't. He could have done it. 
He just didn't want to take the flag. So that's that's what I have against him. Just saying, okay. All right, let's let's go to you. I because I want to talk to, oh gosh, I've just talked away this segment again. I'm so sorry. All right, 888-589-8840. Let's go right away to Jeffrey in Texas. Good morning, Jeffrey. Yes. Um, good morning. Uh, good morning. I want to get your take on um a question that some of us have been discussing. You know, prior to the election, a lot of prophetic voices in the Christian world had been saying Trump would win, Trump would win, Joe Biden won't, and it doesn't seem to have come to pass. Um, how do we as the church think through this? Um, do these prophetic voices need to come back? Because a lot of them have now apologized and said they were wrong. How do we as the church think through this whole issue of those who stand up and said the Lord said? Um, it's just causing a little bit of, you know, consternation. So what's yeah, your, your yeah no, that's, uh, uh, Jeffrey, it's nice to hear from you. Uh, you're, you're not the only person by a long shot who's asked me about this uh, and has been really uh, wounded uh, by this whole thing that happened. And here is my response, and I think I stand on strong biblical ground. I think, I don't think, without a doubt, the Old Testament tells us that a true prophet of God is never wrong. They don't make mistakes. If they are hearing from God directly, through the Holy Spirit, a word from Him, it's not going to be wrong. So they are not true prophets of God. Now, that doesn't mean that they are they don't know God, that they don't know Jesus. I, I wouldn't, I'm not going that far. I'm just saying... They're declaring something about themselves that they, they're obviously wrong and they need to stop identifying as prophets. They should be sorry. They should repent. Uh, and they should you know, reorder their own thinking about what their role is uh, because that's true of all of us. If we say, God said this to me or God said that to me, be very careful because if he says something to you, if he is speaking, it will happen. It will be true. Uh, we have to be very careful to rely on, rely on our impressions, our impulses. So, Jeffrey, don't lose faith in God, but just understand that God has a, there is a, a designation, a prophet, and it's not someone who just merely speculates or says some things that are true and some things that are wrong. Then you have to disregard what they say all the time. You just do. I don't know if that helps you, but don't don't lose faith in God because he still, listen, uh, he still works through people. He has not forgotten us. In fact, maybe I should say more about that when we come back. Jeffrey, it's great to hear from you, and I, I really appreciate you listening. God bless you and keep you, and don't lose faith because he is trustworthy. It's just those prophets weren't. Sandy Rios in the morning, AFR Talk. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep. This is not a drill. Wait a minute. No way. There's a way. The Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking.
Listen to Don. Join in every week. Dr. Greg Smalley of Focus on the Family. Listen to the wisdom this man gives and emulate that. Don, you do that so well. I definitely have learned over 20 plus years that we've been doing radio together. Mm. So many things from you. So find a guy that you look up to and just start learning. Encouragement Live with Don Hawkins. Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central, 8.05 Eastern. Here on American Family Radio. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. With this statement, Jesus affirmed what he'd already said in Genesis 1 and 2 and defined marriage for all time. Contrary to the protestations of the nouveau critical theorists, the nuclear family consisting of a married father and mother is not a Western sociological prescription or construct. Marriage did not originate in the West. Its origin isn't suburban America. It started in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden. Marriage is God's idea. Therefore, he alone defines it. If you don't like it, your problem is with God, not me. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Brian Fisher here with today's Life and Liberty Minute. You don't have to wonder about what regressives actually believe. You just have to stop listening to what they say and start watching what they do. Amazon is trying to fight off an effort to unionize its workers, which of course requires a vote. Amazon is owned by Jeff Bezos, the same guy who owns the Washington Post, which insisted complaints about mail-in voting in the presidential election were hysterically unfounded. But now Amazon is insisting that the unionization vote be done in person and not by mail. Why? Because the risk of voter fraud is just too great. Says Amazon, we believe the best approach to a valid, fair, and successful election is one that is conducted manually in person. A mail election, they say, just raises the risk of fraud. Is mail-in voting a really bad idea? Don't ask me, just ask Amazon. Catch Brian Fisher on Focal Point, weekday afternoons at 105 Central on American Family Radio. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Yesterday, President Joe Biden placed, quote, climate change at the center of our domestic national security and foreign policy, unquote. The clear implication is that the very real and growing threats posed by the Chinese Communist Party, Russian dictator Vladimir Putin, and the mullahs of Iran are simply not as important as the peril posed by rising greenhouse gas emissions' supposedly catastrophic impact on the environment. That obviously ludicrous idea will nonetheless justify the Biden-Harris team diverting defense resources desperately needed to protect against such real threats to their favored priorities. These likely will include using our military to help other countries cope with rising seas, malaria, food shortages, and other putatively climate-induced crises. Worse yet, climate alarmism will be used to justify treating enemies like the CCP as our partner rather than what it is, our mortal enemy. What could possibly go wrong? This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, thanks. Uh, This is Sandy Rios back with you. Our phone number, uh, you know, the lines are loaded, but I will say it's 888-589-8840 if you have a question or comment. 
888-589-8840. Jeffrey just was asking me about prophets who said President Trump would win, and he did not, and just what to do with that, the discouragement of the church. And I was trying to address that. I want to, by contrast, uh, read this to you from Leah. She's a pastor's wife uh, from Virginia. She said, over the past two months, we have felt the battle that has been raging in the spirit over our nation's capital. And we've constantly been in prayer and fasting. I'm on a morning prayer call with over 100 minister wives each morning. And uh, one of them gave us a word that God gave her. And then she reads that. It's uh, just the kind of laying out uh, in a long, beautiful way what I've been saying to you that uh, I believe God has said no. And I believe we are going to see uh, the power of his spirit in a mighty way. Uh, that's, That's abbreviated what that says. And I believe it too. She said, as my husband says, it feels like things are falling apart but they're just falling into place by God. As we've increased our prayer time, we can feel the opposition fighting us, a good sign that we're hitting a nerve, and we will continue. God is still on the throne. Yes, he is, and Jeffrey, God is still on the throne. You probably know, and I'll just say this in brief, but uh, that our faith is not connected to uh, circumstances of life. I mean, I, I, sometimes God does intervene miraculously, and he, he does hear our prayers. He loves us, but he has a lot of other things that he has to consider, like the future of the world, like of the sin and degradation in this country. And I guess he looked at it and said he can't, um, can't abide that. That's really what I think. So, uh, But I want to say this, too, before I open the phone lines. I have to say that I'm. many of us are now um, changing course a little bit, and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, but uh, I, but it means uh, so not giving up, not giving up, just changing course and direction a bit. So don't give up. And I hope to reflect some sort of a strategy, plan of action for you as we talk in the, the weeks to come. But meanwhile, I have to tell you what's going on. That's my dreadful task. Okay, so uh, this is uh, uh, Kelly in Texas. She's a public school teacher. Good morning, Kelly. Yeah. Oh, hey, hold on. Let me get you on my phone. Okay. I am a public education school teacher, and I've been asked many times, being a Christian, why are you not a private teacher at a Christian school? And I believe because the public children need me, and it's a ministry. And so um, I just wanted to share that after this year and everything that we've seen and the media and the lies, I think now more public education teachers need to be teaching character education. Um, I teach PE, physical education, uh, for the past six years, total of 16 years in public education. And um, I have started with Martin Luther King Jr. What, a, what an amazing historical person, probably one of the most famous historical people that changed our country. And I'm able to say he was a preacher, so there's an outlet for me to get, you know. Yes, um, very good, excellent. Into, yeah. the, into the classroom and so, are so hungry for it. And sometimes I have to cut the discussions off because I'm like, we got to get to our lesson. So um, I want to encourage public education teachers to try to get in character education so that we can change the mindset of our children and what they're seeing on media. Um, And thank you, Sandy, for all that you do. I tell everybody to listen to you. (laughs) Thank you, Kelly. You're very kind. And you're not the only teacher in my life or in my acquaintance, who said uh, something similar. And I've seen uh, them fight tremendous odds. 
And uh, and but yet still, I have a really good friend I'm thinking of in Wisconsin who's just had an uphill battle for such a long time because Wisconsin has been so far left for a long time. Uh, but she finds ways. She finds ways to minister the kid to the kids in spite of the restrictions. And so I hear what you're saying, and I agree. It's it's possible. It's a great mission field, and you're doing a tremendous service. And God bless you. Let's go to uh, Carol in Oklahoma. Good morning, Carol. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good. What's on your mind, Carol? Hi there. I just wanted to tell you I appreciate your show, um, your um, frankness, your truthfulness, and your information that you provide. It's very informative and what we need to hear uh, rather than the mainstream media. But my question today is um, what your opinion or thoughts are on employers who um, want to begin to require their employees to um, take the uh, COVID vaccine or possibly lose their employment. What kind of standing do um, the employers have to do that and the employees have to um, kind of take a stand against that in order to not lose their employment? Carol, is that happening in your world? Uh, well, it's a potential. There's some um, um, indication that it might come to that. So I was just wondering well, what your opinion is on that. Uh, just this morning I was reading that uh, Bill Gates uh, is trying to develop, uh, along with Mayo Clinic, Microsoft, Salesforce, and Oracle, and they're trying to develop a digital um, oh, COVID passport, COVID vaccination yep, yep. passport in order to travel. Um, Carol, do I think that they can do this? No, legally, I don't think so. I don't think the law provides people to be forced with stuff like this. But I, this particular administration and uh, the takeover of the left, this is exactly... The result of that, you know, I, I, I just, I don't think, I'm not saying don't fight back, because I do believe in fighting, uh, but I think that it's inevitable that they're going to try to force each and every one of us to do this in order to have a life, uh, in order to, you know, travel inter- through state to state, um, uh, in order to travel on airplanes, I think, in order to have work, in order to go to school. This is exactly where they're headed, and it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, I believe... Uh, the COVID passport has been brought up in, in uh, some of the information that's been provided, but um, that, you know, our, our particular um, employer is not in the uh, medical field. It is um, most of the employees do not travel. So, you know, the COVID passport wouldn't necessarily apply, but, um, and we're not like first responders or in the medical field where we would need to be more cautious about our health, where we'd have to have the vaccine, you know, mandated that we take it. So, yeah, but I don't. I don't think that's eventually going to matter. And I, I think that yeah. actually it'll, it'll it'll apply to if they do this, which they probably will. It'll apply to domestic travel also. You know, it reminds me, doesn't mm-hmm. it remind you of uh, you know in those passages in Revelation? I, you know, when I was younger, I just couldn't even imagine why you you know you'd have to have a number to buy and sell, you know, uh, and you'd have to have something in order to to live and to to do commerce. Uh, that was like, then it's 666 on your forehead. I don't know how that part plans out, but we know about credit cards. We know that uh, they're, you know, they're trying to do away with cash transactions. And uh, all of this, uh, whether you can buy and sell and travel and even have a life, uh, this is the ultimate goal of, of the uh, left. And so, but I'm not saying don't fight. Uh, I, I think it should be fought. I think it should be uh, challenged in courts. Uh, uh, surely someone would do that. So, um, 
I, I listen, I don't want to take it based on what I, and I shouldn't say that publicly because I don't think there's anything wrong with taking it if you want to. For me personally, I don't want to take it. I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not worried. The percentage, the chance of me dying from COVID is so slim. I'll take it. I'm happy to take it. I'll take that chance. I'm going to die anyway. Uh, so um, that's my personal choice, and that's the way I feel about it. And each person should be able to make that choice to take or not take it. It's just wrong to force this. But, Carol, I appreciate your, the question. I, I hope I've—I'm sure I haven't encouraged, but I hope I've helped clarify a little bit. Thank you. Let's go to um, uh, Michael in Oklahoma. Good morning, Michael. Hello. Good morning. Yes. Um, I just wanted to thank you for taking my call. And uh, I agree with everything everybody has said. It's, it's wonderful. And uh, we do need to be in prayer of everything we do. And so my, my thoughts were that uh, one way we could shift that you were speaking about a while ago or shift what we're doing is to, um, in everything we do, we need to be uh, buying um, American products or or products that are um, made by companies that are supporting conservative values. We need to quit uh, buying the TV from the people that are spreading the bad. We need to, in everything that we do, we need to search every way we can to combat this with uh, start companies of our own. With our dollars. Yes, with our dollars. That's what they are doing to us, too, and they've been doing it for a long time. As far as the teachers... We have some wonderful, great teachers out there, and I know that. But if we have to pull away from those, if we can't take our our schools back, then then homeschooling is our next best alternative. Uh, But those that are willing to stay in the fight and and appreciate them, you know. And so uh, I just think that we have got to to change everything that we do in our life. They're forcing a change on us, so let's make that change work for God's glory. That's a good challenge, Michael. It's a very good challenge. It reminds me of an email that I got from Myra, and she said that uh, she's talking about my pillow and how Wayfair and uh, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond and Coles, you know, are refusing to sell his products. And so those are really that's a tough call for people to stop using all of those companies. But my husband and I are actually in conversations. I can't make a declaration right now. Uh, but uh, we are we're really seriously thinking about how we need to respond to that. Um, and so uh, Michael is right about this. If we stop spending our money with them, that would speak loudly. And that's one way of doing it. It's like with Target. I haven't been to Target in, you know, what, four years? I'm not sure how long our our boycott's been going on, maybe three. I'm not sure. Uh, but I haven't been. I used to love Target, but I'm not doing that. I can, And I just changed my habits, not doing that. So... Uh, these are things we need to consider and um, and make those changes uh, accordingly. Michael, thanks. I appreciate those comments. Let's go to um, uh, let's go to Eric in Arkansas. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Sandy. Hey, this is Eric, the old retired Marine from Arkansas. <laughs> um, thank you for your for for everything <laughs> that you do, and uh, I just had a. And I need somebody to look into it. I heard that Nancy Pelosi had uh, purchased a million dollars worth of shares in Tesla. And then the government is supposedly transitioning to electric cars. But 
she did the purchase right before that was announced. So that almost sounds like insider trading. <laughs> yes, and I'm sure that there will be a judge somewhere that will pro- put, you know, put the wood to Nancy Pelosi. Ah, uh, yeah, no, that's uh, that's interesting information. Did you read that online, or what did you see that, Eric? Yes, ma'am, I saw that online. I don't remember what website it was, uh, but uh, on on a, on a side note, my wife's a teacher in public school system. She's been teaching for thirty six years, and she's a strong Christian woman. Yeah, well, that's and good. she does everything she can to, to, to let the kids know where she stands on things. And <laughs> yeah, good. That's great. Eric, thanks. I appreciate that tip on Nancy Pelosi. We'll have to look into that. One last caller, Donna in Virginia. Good morning, Donna. Hi, good morning, Sandy. I just wanted to make two comments. Um, one, Brandon Strzok from the Walk Away Foundation uh, or yes. has been arrested. Did you really? hear that? No, I yeah, didn't. He was arrested in Omaha on Monday. He has no. been released, but um, he was arrested for um, civil disorder, knowingly entering and remaining on restricted grounds, grounds without lawful authority, engaging in disorderly conduct. So he has been released. He's, they've put comments on the walkaway that he's just going to lay low and he won't be doing anything with the walkaway. Uh, publicly. And also, I'm in Virginia, so there's a um, House Resolution 237 from a Jason Myers that is condemning the Chinese Communist Party for their COVID-19 pandemic. In summary, it says, expresses the sense of the House of Delegates in condemning the Chinese Communist Party for its role in the COVID-19 pandemic. All right, so you're... ironic that... uh, Go ahead, ahead. sorry. No, we're running out of time. So you, you're. I, I'm guessing you for Virginia voters, you want them to know about that and to support that. Uh, your House of Delegates now is it? You know, I've lost track. Uh, just quick, quickly, do you guys have a majority? The Republicans in either chamber? Up, oh, we lost her. Okay, sorry, Donna. Uh, well, all right. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, it's great to talk to you. Just great to talk to you. I love hearing from you. I will do my best to keep you as informed and keep it a balanced conversation so that we don't, you know, plunge into despair because we have a wonderful God who is trustworthy no matter what this life brings. This is Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.